If you're listening to this episode, you're listening to one of our first ever episodes. Yay, you. Uh, Depending on which episode you're listening to, you may notice that we're still working some things out like the music in episode one or the just general audio audio problems that we have all the time sorry yeah we want to leave these episodes up to show our progress so this disclaimer is to thank you for listening and hopefully you'll have patience with these things yes we definitely ironed it out in season two so more to come I'm Laurel. And I'm Sarah. And this is What is Dog? Is it the question or the answer? We're getting pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sarah, I have a really interesting topic for us. You did the heavy lifting in the last episode, <laughs> so I decided to take control for this episode. <laughs> and I actually set up set us up some clicker training for Duke and Charlie oh my gosh, so in two days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this because I'm not exactly sure how I feel about clicker training yet. Really? Yes. Have you ever done any sort of clicker um, training? So I read all about it two years ago before we got Duke. Yes. Two and a half years ago. And I got a clicker and I never used it. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's kind of why I'm not sure about it yet. Um, so Charlie's been very naughty lately. As we know, he's a puppy. Um, I know that we need some sort of training. So I've been starting to look into the different styles of training to where to focus our efforts. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about maybe clicker training, maybe something else and figured I'd use this platform to kind of explore it a little bit. Um, but I wanted to give you some background on clicker training okay. too. I did some research on it. Um, so I guess clicker training started in the mid-1990s as sort of an effective training technique to, um, as an alternative to the training that they had in place at the time that relied on pain, fear, and intimidation. Wait, wait, wait. So they had training in place at the time that relied on pain? That's what I said. It, oh. it, it was, um, I think it was very much so that the uh, person is the master and the dog just has to fall in line with whatever they want to do, which... I agree with, but maybe not in a um, in an imposing way. Gotcha. So they were conditioning dogs based off of like negative. It's called negative reinforcement when you use pain instead of positive reinforcement. Agreed. Okay. So this is a form of positive reinforcement training. Okay. Um, but it uses this clicker. Okay. And the clicker is a small handheld device that makes a click noise. I brought one today. Oh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whipped it out. For our listeners, Laura literally just whipped a clicker out of her pocket. <laughs> that's the click noise that's used to inform a dog basically at the exact moment that they've done something right. It's a very distinct sound. Um, so it's the kind of idea behind it is we're basically talking to our dogs all day long. We're saying so many things to them and sometimes our commands can get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're saying sit, lay down, something else but it kind of just becomes monotone after a while if you're not using the right tone or body language. So a click is pretty <laughs> indistinguishable. Indistinguishable? Distinguishable. Distinguishable. Distinct. <laughs> Distinct. <laughs> so for our listeners, we have been working all day, and it's really late at night, and we're exhausted. <laughs> and so we've been talking for a while, and we can't pronounce anything right now. No, anymore. we cannot pronounce a cry. single thing. <laughs> um... 
So the clicker is also a really neutral sound. It doesn't convey happiness or sadness or any sort of emotional tone. It's just a click. So if you have ever been really mad at Duke or if you've been really happy with him, maybe he wasn't getting the messages that you were trying to give him because Mm -hmm. he was picking up on your emotional state and maybe having a reaction like that. Has that ever happened to you or where... I think, yeah, I, I mean, I wear my emotions on my sleeves, <laughs> so I think he always knows how I'm feeling, Yeah. and there's definitely times, I mean, I try to use my tone to convey that he's doing well, though. Yes. You know, so like, for instance, when I'm running with him, I, I go, I'll be like, good boy, but I'm like out of breath, so it's hard to do that, <laughs> so maybe he might be picking up that I'm grumpy because I'm running, rather yeah. than I'm happy that he's doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> So using a neutral sound, the idea is that it can take some of the confusion or stress a dog might feel trying to determine what kind of mood um, that their owner's in and it helps them focus in on the task a little bit more. Um, So I can't wait. We have a 30-minute session set up at Masterpiece Dog Training in Franklin, Mass. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Is this the first time that Duke's ever done? I know you looked into it, but did you ever actually go to a class? I've never taken him to a class. I did all this training myself. So it'd be really fun to actually go to a real professional training session. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. I've actually, so I brought Charlie to Masterpiece Dog Training one time before. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I knew about them. Um, and I thought that they did a really good job. And even though I'm not sold on this clicker yet, I'm excited to see what your thoughts are after you've kind of been through the experience. Um, and maybe we'll go to a few more training sessions. Awesome. After that. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you after our training session. sat down at Masterpiece Dog Training in Franklin, Mass, and we went through a 30-minute clicker training session, and we got to learn a lot about um, clicker training with our dogs, Duke and Charlie. Yep, we learned so much. I think the number one thing I learned is to click before giving the treat, because <laughs> I, like, I didn't know how to use a clicker prior to this at all, so I was just like clicking and treating, and yeah, so it, it, was, it gave so it more method. What does the click mean? Uh, it's like a, taking a picture. <laughs> so it's giving your dog that image of a, oh, a treat is coming. So the image will come up in your dog's brain like, oh my gosh, I remember last time I got, you know, like there's a click, a treat came. Is that right? Yeah, and okay. it means that's right. You got it. You did the behavior correctly. <laughs> yeah, I passed it's the, called a behavior the marker. <laughs> You're marking the behavior. That's oh, yeah. correct. So every time that they have a positive behavior, a behavior that we really like, we want to click at that moment. And I imagine that timing is really important. Yes, timing is, timing is everything. And they say playing video games actually helps your clicker timing because you learn to get that exact moment when they perform the behavior. Interesting. I think that was definitely the hardest thing or is the hardest thing for me with clicker training is that I, it's that moment that you have to remember to click and then treat and yep. make sure the timing sticks. <laughs> yeah, because towards, I mean, I, the entire time I kept clicking and treating at the same time, you know, and then that's not right. It's click and then treat. It so. just takes a little practice. Yep. Um, but can you please provide a little bit of background on yourself? I know that you own Masterpiece Dog Training, so a little bit about how you got into that. I'd love to hear your history. Yeah. Okay, so it's a long <laughs> history. We've, we've been at Masterpiece for... It will be 18 years in October, um, but I've been training dogs for more than 30 years. Wow. And uh, before that, I was a special ed teacher of children. Oh, cool. But the program I was in closed, and I was 
training my own dog and apprenticing at a, another training center. And I said, okay, well, I have to reinvent myself. Let's become a dog trainer. Then in 2001, we opened here. The person who owned this place was leaving and selling out. And we said, oh, okay, we'll do that. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, when you bought this Masterpiece Dog Training, was it a dog facility at that point? Yes. Or, it, okay. It was called Miss Canine Manners, okay. and another person had it for about five years. And um, she wasn't being totally successful at it, so mm -hmm. she wanted out. Um, mm -hmm. And she knew that I was looking for a place and said, would you be interested? And got very excited and said, yeah, I think so. And here we are. Um, we had at that point been holding classes in my backyard. Ah. And it was October. And it's getting it was getting a little chilly. We were having dogs do <laughs> sit stays, and the grass was actually had frost on it. Oh. You know, like, we need to find an indoor place to do this. So it was here. This we, is a great facility. It's huge. There's so much room here. Well, we usually have two classes going on at the same oh, wow. time. Okay. It's this quiet here now because it's a holiday weekend and right. nobody's here. And we did have classes this morning anyway. Okay. Um, so there's usually a class on this side and a class over on the other side. Um, and you do shows here too, right? Yeah, uh, we can't do agility trials here because we're not big enough, for, believe okay. it or not. Mm -hmm. um, but we do um, obedience trials here oh, cool. fairly often. Nice. Right. So a question I had for you is what do you think the number one mistake is that people make when they're clicker, clicker training their dog? Poor timing, probably. Um, and not progressing to the next step. Okay. So you can click an approximation of the behavior. Okay. Like I told you when you were doing with Duke, when right. he came up a little bit, click. Right. But then you only want to click at that level two or three times, and then you want to move on and ask for a little bit more behavior. People get stuck clicking the same thing and then they don't advance. I definitely get stuck doing that a lot. Like as, as you saw when you were taking Charlie out, mm -hmm. I was practicing up with Duke Yes. and he comes up a little bit, but no higher. Uh, and I was saying how he won't go any higher, but I wasn't going to the next level. I wasn't raising the treat anymore. So of course he wasn't gonna suddenly pop up all the way. Uh, so it's like little increments, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. So I imagine that um, you got a lot of experience when you were training your dogs when you started out. What type of training did you do with your dogs in the beginning? Did you always do clicker training? No, or? in the in the beginning there was really no positive reinforcement training. Right. Everything that's true. was make the dog do it. Right. Wow. Put a choke collar or a prong collar on and make them do it. And I hated that from day one. Right, right. I didn't want to do that from right from day one, natural, but I didn't know what right. else to do. Mm -hmm. And trainers were saying, well, that's what you have to do or your dog's never gonna learn. Right. Um, right. I went to a place called Camp Gone to the Dogs in Vermont and met a woman named Patty Russo, who's no longer on the planet, but was a wonderful, wonderful trainer. And that I was like where, I've heard that name before. where I first yeah. learned positive reinforcement training and that you can do all this and teach them just as much. And I was like, okay, this was what I was looking for all my life up until that time and nobody was there to show me how right. and she was and um, 
I used to, back then, that was before I became an instructor, um, and I was teaching school, and every school, vac she was in Connecticut, every school vacation, I went to Connecticut to take a lesson from her and learn, and then it evolved to where we are now. Was that when you were in high school, or? No, I was teaching school. Oh, okay. teaching okay. school, sorry. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and then when did the clicker training get a little bit more popular, do you think? Did it catch on just recently in the past 10 years, or? No, I think it's probably 20 years or more. Okay. Um, I would have to look it up to remember exactly when, but um, Karen Pryor did clicker training with dolphins. Mm. Except she used a whistle instead of a clicker. So but cool. uh, And they'd throw the dolphins fish. And she did this at SeaWorld in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And they found they were getting much better behavior out of the dolphins. Yeah, I can't and imagine trying to force a dolphin to do anything. I can't <laughs> well, imagine. Well, you can't. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> were they doing clicker training when you went, you just recently swam with dolphins? I did. I, I was on my honeymoon in Mexico, and they did. Um, we went swimming with dolphins, and they were using the whistles to get dolphins. Yeah, the well, they're best. using a whistle instead of a clicker, but it's, right, a, but it's, it's the, the same, same thing. It's a behavior right. marker. Yes, yes. Do you find that clickers are more effective than, say, like a marker word or something like that? Yes. Um, a marker word is okay, but we talk so much mm. that it gets lost in all the babble. Dogs are not verbal creatures right. and we're blah, 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 blah. So if we just say yes or good or something like that, it's not as unique a sound and it gets lost in all the rest of the babble. Right. Whereas click is, is a unique sound. If you want to use a verbal marker, it can work but you want to use a unique word or sound that they're not hearing otherwise. Mm. So I like using a crisp yes. Mm, yes. Okay. If you just say good boy, we're saying good boy all the time. We talk <laughs> we to sure the, oh, you're, you're a good boy. What a good boy. <laughs> yeah. You're such a good boy. That happens uh, a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's lovely. We do that. I do that too. But that's not marking for them that this is the behavior I wanted you to do. Right. Um, a lot of people now are using verbal markers and they're using a sound. Some people, if they're really good, can use a mouth click. Wow. I can't sustain that. I don't think I can make any noise. Like that? You know, but that, but that gets you, gets you really tired. It's hard to keep doing that <laughs> a lot. Um, I sometimes use the word click, though. Ah. Click. Click. Oh, okay. Just like a unique, yeah. Um, and a lot of people are using the word yip. Yip. Uh. Yip. Yip. Yep. Getting his attention with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, you asked about mistakes made with clicker. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. We're not going to use the clicker to get his attention. Right. We're going to use the clicker to mark when he gives us his attention. Gotcha. So a lot of people want to say, oh, yeah, I went home and I got out the clicker and I clicked it and my dog came. <laughs> no, that's you click it when your dog comes. You don't click it to get your dog to come. I think I accidentally did that when we started. We were throwing a treat from one end of the room to the other and I think I did that to try to get Charlie's behavior at one point. It was just Right. So using a clicker to get your dog to come is like saying good boy and expecting your dog to come and he'll mm -hmm. come but it's not for the right reason. Correct. Okay. Cool. So that's so good to know. I never knew that. I um, are there any, I've been wondering, if there are there any types of dog training that you absolutely don't agree with? I know that, um, like, the, is the Caesar Milan sort of training? I'm sure everyone says that to you. Well, I don't <laughs> want to point fingers at any trainer specifically, but right. I don't like any training that 
creates pain or fear. Agreed. So we're yeah. totally no pain, no fear. That's right. so, so some trainers use prong collars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes the dog behave because he gets a pinch in the neck. Right. Or um, electric shock collars. Oh. The dog behaves because he gets a shock. Right. So those are ways using pain or fear to get behavior. I won't do that. Good for so you. So it's all positive training, no pain, no fear. And you've probably seen dogs go up to the highest levels, especially since you do competition work. I think you do competition with your dogs. My, my dogs do competition um, through the years. The majority of these wow. ribbons that you see here were won by my dogs. Wow. And it's all been through positive reinforcement. And what kind of dogs do you have? Right now dogs? I have a golden and two laps. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, go my golden's ten and a half. Okay. And my labs are seven and three and are mother and daughter. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> are they, what types of competition do you do with them? Are you just doing the obedience training or? I primarily do obedience training. A friend of mine runs one of my dogs in agility because I can't run agility, mm -hmm. but my dog loves it. That looks like um, a lot of exercise, it, <laughs> agility. Agility is yes. all the stuff you see behind you over there. It's an obstacle course. They do jumps, tunnels ramps. I feel like you and Duke would love Various that, things. But. So um, my friend has my dog entered in her first agility competition in October. And we also do dock diving competitions. Oh, that's so cool. Is that when they run off the ramp and then jump into the yep. water? Yep. That's so cool. I watched Super it on fun. Animal Planet as a kid and I just fell in love. I got really addicted to watching it. You get in a trance when you see that on TV. Yes. You just watch it. And <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And my younger lab is a maniac for that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. How do you train a dog to do dog diving? Well, we had, my lab was funny because most labs just love to swim and they'll sort of just do it, mm -hmm. but um, she didn't. And I was saying the other day, we should have videoed every step. We had to coax her in the water. So she first used to sit on the ramp and just bark. Mm -hmm. um, and so step by step, we coaxed her in the water. <laughs> we put her on a, a boogie board and she would, stand Aww. on that and she learned to jump in the water from that and she learned to jump off the side of the ramp so ever, as important with clicker training or any kind of training break whatever you're doing into the smallest possible steps That's okay a good point. so do it step by step by step um and then they'll do it so she's she's three i don't think she even got in the water till she was one and in the three years, she's gone from sitting on the ramp, barking, afraid to go in the water, to, to now she flies and does speed retrieve and is wow. an absolute maniac and loves it. But we had to teach her each level step by step. It's also good before you do dock diving if you have a dog that retrieves. Mm. Okay. So you, they'll be motivated to go get whatever toy you're, you're using to throw right duke will not retrieve <laughs> no no he, i mean he just doesn't have that like sometimes he will but he doesn't have that drive mm. like i mean we could work on it and we have yeah. my husband does that a little bit but mostly he just wants to get the toy lay down and chew on it mm -hmm. so get a second toy mm -hmm. that's as much like the first toy as you can find okay and lure him back with the second toy so you throw a toy he go gets it he wants to possess it <gasps> look i've got another one <laughs> come here come. and he will learn to retrieve with the two toy game okay yeah we'll have to try you and then, then when he comes back to see the second one throw it <laughs> pick up the first one again gotcha okay. that's smart yeah, we'll do that 
Um, are there any breeds that you find don't pick up clicker training, or are there any breeds that you find are better suited for certain Different things? breeds are better suited for different activities and different tasks, but I think all dogs can be trained to the level of their ability with a clicker. It depends upon what you're trying to train. Right, of course. Um, you know, you're not going to teach a dog that doesn't retrieve to do dock diving. Right, right. Um, <laughs> he totally just licked you and then like he's like I can do I can do diving. But different dogs are bred for different purposes and have different innate abilities, so it's certainly easier to train to what their abilities are. But right. um, you really can train any animal to do anything that it's physically and mentally capable of doing. In other words, they don't have fingers and a thumb, so they can't learn to type on the computer. <laughs> but you could teach them to bang you on the keyboard. You certainly teach them to do that. Duke, you want to write a novel? It's called Gibberish by Duke. Or is it gibberish? I gibberish. Always, I always say, I have a, I pronounce a lot of words. <laughs> gibberish by Duke. Um, I know that you do training classes here. How often do you recommend that someone comes to make the training stick? Um, do you have any recommended classes for someone starting out or someone more advanced? So classes are usually once a week for an hour a week, but I say to everybody, we cannot train, you cannot train your dog, we cannot train your dog in an hour a week. Right. You have to work with them all the rest of the hours of the week that you're with them. So what's more important than what we do in the hour is that they take it home and follow through on right. what we've taught them. And mostly in class, we're really teaching the human how to train their dog. Right. Um, <laughs> That's and, a good point. <laughs> and then they have to go home and follow through with Do it. the work. Uh, so how much time should they spend? They should spend time every day. When you're with your dog, you're training them. Right. It doesn't have to be hours. Even a five-minute session is good. Right. But you should be reinforcing it all the time. And manners training is just a real-life thing like you would do with kids. You have to require the behavior, reinforce the behavior all the time, every day. If you don't want um, Charlie to jump, you have to consistently refuse to talk to him every time he's jumping. Right. Do you think it's every owner's responsibility to make sure their dog is trained? I do, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the dog feels that way. I think dogs are happier if they're trained. Dogs don't want to just be couch potatoes and hang right. around. They want a job. They want something to do. They enjoy training. Right. I imagine that it's a very negative experience for a dog if they're not trained because they're constantly having people frustrated with them all day long. They're frustrated that they're doing certain behaviors, but it's because the dog doesn't necessarily understand what the right behaviors are. So right. I imagine that that's a big, big part correct. of it. Correct. Correct. Um, and then one of the other questions I had is, what types of classes do you have here? I think I saw some puppies when I first came. Sarah, you missed the puppies. It was adorable. Um, there were puppies when you first came. But then I also saw a sign out there for dogs that maybe have some um, aggressive behaviors. Or Yeah, we pretty much... Well, I can't say we do everything anymore because there are so many other dog sports. So they're like, we don't do dock diving here. Right, right. Uh, we have a small pool outside. But, um, but we do pet obedience, which is considered basic manners training, teaching okay. your dog to just be a good citizen in your home. Mm -hmm. Then we do competition obedience, which is um, more refined. So 
just a sit isn't just a sit. It has to be in a certain place and it has to be straight and right. all that. And that would go into competition obedience. They also do jumps and retrieves and all that. We also have a sport called nose work, which is extremely popular now. And that's been active for 10 years now. I thought that would be perfect for Duke too, because he does love to smell everything. <laughs> so is nose work about giving a dog a smell and they have to go find it? They find specific scents. Um, we use birch, anise, and clove. Okay. And they are taught to find those scents. They're taught to find them in containers, in a room, nice. on a vehicle, outside, inside. Um, and that can be done for fun or competitively. And then we also have agility training. I think that about covers it. <laughs> How many trainers do you oh, have? Oh, you mentioned though? reactive dog. We also have reactive uh, dog classes, which are okay. dogs that have difficulty functioning in a regular class because they become um, reactive, they bark, they growl, they lunge when they either see people or dogs. Okay. So um, behavioral classes like that we do too. Now, I imagine that the reactive dog class is a group class. How do you manage that? Um, we have room divider walls okay. and so we start out with each dog in a cubicle mm -hmm. and we only expose them to other dogs as they are able to handle mm -hmm. just like everything else step by step so maybe one dog can only stick its head out and look at another dog okay right. that's gonna get reinforced right. Um, right. sometimes we have a dog that takes a few weeks before we can even get it to come in the building without reacting wow. Wow. and so then we'll start out with an assistant outside working on clicking and treating and coming step by step until they can come into the building. So there's never mayhem in the reactive dog class. <laughs> That's good. And how many trainers do you have teaching here? What do we have? About a dozen trainers? I wow, think. wow, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. And did you have? Did you get a? Did you always want to own your own business? Did you have a business degree, or is it just? What made you no, want I knew, to have a business? I knew very little about business, to be honest, although mm -hmm. my father was a business person. And no, I never really thought about having my own business. I just wanted to train dogs and train people, and I'm a teacher at heart. And yes. one of the most important things I did from the very beginning was to make sure that I had somebody who was a business person uh, who could yeah. manage the office and manage the business. And yeah, I. Never would have been here this long if I had been left to my own devices. <laughs> I always say that. I'm a dog trainer, not a business person. Help me. That's so cool, and, though, because your business came from this passion for dogs and for teaching and not for, like, oh, this business exists to make money. It, it mm -hmm. exists no, to not help at all. people and their dogs. Yep. That's awesome. That's so great. If someone wanted to reach out for dog training, if they hear this, they get inspired and they wanted to come try it out. Do they go to the website or what do you... To become a trainer or to train their dogs? To, to train, train their, their dogs, dogs here. To train their dog, go to the website, the masterpiecedog.com. Okay, masterpiecedog.com. <laughs> yep, and that lists all our classes and everything. Great. Awesome. Is there any more questions? I think I asked everything. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Perfect. I really appreciate yeah, all really of your do. time. Really yeah. Really My this pleasure. Has been so great. <laughs> nice chatting with You're you. You're our yeah. first guest, so appreciate you bearing oh. with us. <laughs> cool. Fun. We're very new to this. It's <laughs> yes. really cool. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, and you. have a good day. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Sarah and I are back in the viewing room at the barn. 
We had our clicker training a few days ago and we just wanted to let everyone know what we thought about it, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, and if we plan on moving forward with it. So Laurel and I actually held off on debriefing. So this is actually, we, <laughs> we went and found this really random barbecue place after uh, the clicker training and we agreed not to talk about the training so that we could save it for the episode. So you're getting firsthand what our thoughts are. Can we first debrief on that barbecue place? What a weird find. <laughs> Such a weird find. So it's like it was, a gas station. It was like a gas station but for barbecue. So like you can't go inside. It's all outdoors and you have to order at the window. And they have this weird outdoor bathroom. It's not an outdoor bathroom, but it's like around the side of the building. And I was in there, and somebody knocked on the door. <laughs> and I was course. like, just a minute. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, weird. Now we're having a conversation through the door. <laughs> so then I, I come out, and he just goes, this place is really dumpy, isn't it? <laughs> or no, he didn't say dumpy. I'm sorry. He goes, divey. This place is really divey, isn't it? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but in a good way. Because the barbecue was really good, although there was so much meat on the buns. And I felt a little sick <laughs> yeah. that night. Oh, I don't know if you did, but I felt sick. Yeah, so Angie and I had planned on going out to dinner, and I got home and was like, nope, not happening. Not like, I wasn't like actually sick, but I just like felt gross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten the mac and cheese. On <laughs> Barbecue and mac and cheese. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Fun fact for everyone, Sarah's favorite food is mac and cheese. It I is. found that out pretty early. Yeah. Well, I try to tell people early on in our relationship. <laughs> Get it out there. Here's my baggage. You may score some more mac and cheese that way too. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, clicker training. Um... Let me start with what I liked. Okay. I love that it's a positive way to distinctly tell your dog he's done a good job immediately and in a clear way. The sound is so unique. I don't think that you could recreate it in any way. And as you hear, Fran and I try. You didn't try to recreate the sound. No, it's like... That would be a good one. <laughs> but you can't do it. You can't recreate it. <laughs> okay, I debunked that theory. No, I'm just kidding. It is, it, and it's a little bit louder with the clicker and yes. stuff, and I feel like it really gets the dog's attention and tells them, yes, good job. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really liked that about the clicker, and I liked a lot of Thran, Thran, I liked a lot of Fran's training methods. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that they were really effective and did a good job of just telling, you know, just really building a positive relationship with your dog. She's very, the thing I really like about Fran is that she's very clever with her training, um, Sarah and I were talking afterwards that we felt feel like she's just kind of watching what happens with the dogs and how um, their behavior is and their behavior tells her what she's going to do next. It's like she has this toolbox of training techniques and she's ready to pull whatever one out works best with that dog. Yep. Um, and I really enjoy that about Fran. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because it's almost like you watch her. She, she's sitting back. You trust whatever she says. Yep. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she has an idea for you. Yep. She's kind of like, it's kind of like you're her patty one, you and your dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's like this Jedi expert and she's like Yoda. Do you like Star Wars a lot? I, I would say I like Star Wars a 7 out of 10. Okay, got Like it. I generally like, oh, this is good. 
but I'm not the first one in the theater to go watch it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I'd say I'm like I'm a four, but I really <laughs> truly like nine out of ten on the Star Wars references. Like I wish I knew more about Star Wars because I like the references because it's so clear. Yeah, we use them a lot at work. Oh yes, <laughs> and Harry Potter, and yeah, I'm a nine out of ten for Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, it's early in the morning. <laughs> um, I'd say that the one issue or the biggest issue I have with clicker training is that you don't always have a clicker on you. Mm. And so this is something I ran into. Actually, um, I, I, I want to continue clicker training with Duke because I really liked it. Mm -hmm. But I just don't keep a clicker with me, yeah. you know? And so at home, I'm like, oh, Duke's doing a great job with this. Oh, I don't have my clicker to tell him that. So I'll just be a like, good boy, you know? Right. Um, I did practice clicker training the next day after our training session with Fran. Uh, Andy and I took Duke to the Boston Common and um, we did a whole clicker session there. And I practiced come and sit and up and many things with the clicker and it went really well. I feel like he already is responding to the clicker as something that tells him he's done a good job. Do you find that you got better results with the clicker than you would have without anything at all? Or did you find, do, did you get almost the same? I mean, it only has been two sessions too. Right, right. Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I can't, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really hard time personally with the clicker because I want to use it all the time to get Charlie's attention. Yep. That's a really, that would be a big behavior shift for myself. So it's like I need to train myself. I almost wish there was a hybrid. Like I wish there was a hybrid of like the clicker got their, their attention and then you use like marker words for training. My yep. biggest thing, and I actually... When I first owned, started owning dogs, I don't use treats for training. Oh, wow. And that is just because I want to be more effective, like, I would say in the field or like when you're away from your home or mm -hmm. you're away from anything and you don't have any, I want them to respond to me whether they have treats or not, whether they have any sort of outside right. um, element or not. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. I'm having a hard time with Charlie. Peanut was really easy, so um, I don't know. But I'm interested to see what other types of training techniques there are. Yeah, there's definitely going to be more to learn. Um, this is just one specific method of training. Something interesting about the whole treats versus non-treats dilemma, um, you're basically touching on intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Mm. So intrinsic motivation is when uh, you're motivated because basically you want to do something internally. Right. And then extrinsic, I'm telling you this for our listeners. <laughs> and then extrinsic is when you're motivated by something outside of yourself, such as a, some kind of reward, a treat. You know, people, for instance, maybe a bonus, something like that. You know? Right. Um, that's an extrinsic reward. Yeah. And there's this whole theory that the presence of extrinsic rewards removes the drive to be intrinsically motivated yeah. as you decrease the extrinsic reward. Uh, I read this great story when, when I was studying to be a teacher. They made us all, they wanted us to teach, you know, to use intrinsic motivators with our students and not extrinsic. Um, That's so interesting. And we read this story about, um, what was it? Okay, so it was, it, there's an old man. <laughs> there's an old man and, are we good on time? 
I'm just checking to make sure it's still recording. Okay. <laughs> There's an old man and a bunch of little hooligan children, and they won't stop. I, what are they doing? Ugh, they won't stop doing something to his lawn that's, like, super annoying. They're, like, riding bikes all over his lawn, for instance, and it's ruining his lawn. And so he's really upset about these boys riding bikes all over his lawn and destroying it, and they won't listen to him when he tells them to go away. So he comes out one day and says, Hey, boys, I'll give you $5 to ruin my lawn. And they're like, what? Why would you pay us to ruin our lawn? Uh, that, to ruin the lawn? That's so silly. He's like, well, I will. And so they go ahead, ride their bikes all over his lawn, ruin it, and he pays them $5. The next day, they're back, and he's like, hey, I'll give you $3 to do this. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And, and it keeps going, and he keeps decreasing the amount that he's paying them hmm. until one day they come back and he says, I'll give you a penny to ruin my lawn. And they're like, that's not worth it, and they go away. <laughs> and he's a great lawn from then on. That's so smart. <laughs> the point being that he removed, slowly removed these extrinsic motivators until, until they weren't interested anymore. So they're, originally they were doing it intrinsically. They wanted yep. to, do the, to ruin the lawn for fun. Yeah. But when you add those extrinsic motivators, suddenly they're thinking about this as something that they should be incentivized to do. Mm -hmm. So the way this translates to dogs and treats, potentially, <laughs> is that um, they're now expecting a reward for every all of their behaviors. And as you slowly phase out the treats, there's the potential that they will be like, I'm not doing this because you're not giving me a treat. Yeah, so. I totally find that because with Charlie, I started a little bit of treat training with him and he always, whenever I don't have a treat on me, he's like, he looks up and he's like, why would I do that? Yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, what do you have for me? Yeah. Whereas with Peanut, I did only um, no treats at all and he wouldn't necessarily do things immediately on command like i was almost, it was almost more of like a partnership but he just wanted to do whatever i wanted him to do and he um in a way he was just more good all the time he was good for others he was mm -hmm. good for me he just kind of did what he was told all the time so it Aww. is interesting i don't know if that's a he might have just been his behavior or his personality yeah yeah we'll have to do more research into this for mm -hmm. sure and with Duke, I feel like I still just have to always follow up with the treat. Yeah. So that's... But you guys have so much fun with him. Oh, yeah. We do. <laughs> I do a lot of practicing with Duke. Yeah. <laughs> he just loves being anywhere near you two. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> so adorable. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Fran and Clicker, um, I, I would agree with everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. I overall really loved it, and I thought that Fran is so clever, and she has so many unique um, training techniques, and she really just thinks creatively with her, her training techniques. Yep. The facility is absolutely gorgeous. It's completely padded. Mm -hmm. It was such a fun place to bring the dogs. Like, highly, highly recommend it. And it's also, it was a very relaxed place to be. I feel like they've created a good community there. They really have, yep. A piece of advice that Fran gave us that I thought was really valuable was don't call your dog to come to you mm. unless you would bet $20 that he will drop what he's doing and come to you. Yes. That was, I think, really valuable because otherwise you're just teaching him that he can ignore the word come. Right. So you want to practice when you know you're going to get his attention so you can reward that behavior. I imagine that's across the board with all 
of the tricks or behaviors that we ask them to do just because um, if they hear it a million times, it's just like a kid. Eventually, they just start tuning you out. They don't want to listen anymore. So I can totally see why that's true. Agreed. All right, so I'm so glad we had this experience to go visit Fran, see her beautiful facility, and get some clicker training. Um, it was it was really great. I think we both learned a lot. Yes, definitely. And I feel like we'll probably be back to see Fran again. Maybe we'll so. train a little bit, go back to see Fran. Um, but we have another training up coming soon Yay. in about two episodes, so you'll have to keep listening. So exciting. <laughs> All right, uh, email us at dogcasters at whatisdog.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Talk to you later.